Welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church Cardiff. We are a multi-site church longing for God's kingdom to come in order to restore the city and renew the nation of Wales. During the coronavirus outbreak, we are not meeting on a Sunday, but you can stay connected with us on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vineyard Church Cardiff. Each Sunday, we will be streaming a full-length service and providing resources for the kids. And across the week, we're putting up loads of content. You can find out more on our social media or at cardiffvineyard.org forward slash online church. Here's this week's talk from our senior pastor, James Rankin. Hi, it's great to be with you. My name's James, if I haven't met you before, and just really excited to be speaking from the scriptures today. Um, but as we start today, I'm, I'm just aware of how frenetic everything's been, uh, of how much is going on. Um, I don't know whether you've got WhatsApp and it's dinging away or um, the news is coming in from every direction and you're waiting to see what's happening next. But I think we could say that we're pretty much assaulted on many levels by information at the moment. And that can lead to what if, what if, how's this going to work? And so just as we start, let's just take a moment to just slow down and invite God in. So I'm just going to pray. Lord, we just slow our souls down and we just take a moment because we want to hear your voice. And so we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. At a time when everything can feel really uncertain, the scriptures provide an anchor in the midst of the storm. And I've called today's talk, God's truth in a panicking world. And looking really particularly at John 14 and verse 27 in particular, it says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And the interesting thing is we actually planned this series a number of months ago and it just feels perfect for a moment like this. Sometimes we're like, oh, do we do a different series? It's like, no, absolutely. We're in John's gospel um, leading up to Jesus's crucifixion. And so I think that it's, this is going to be comforting in, a, in the time that we find ourselves in. And it's amazing that God knows and he takes our preparation. So um, you might want to grab your Bibles. Um, you can even pause the screen and go and get your Bible right now. The wonders of technology. So we're looking at Jesus's teaching from the night before he was crucified. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at his final words. Now, a little bit of background. This would have been a really uncertain and confusing moment for the disciples as well. Um, As you look at John 13, their world was beginning to be turned upside down. And the disciples had gathered together just before the Passover. And it just says this beginning of chapter 13. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to his father. So Jesus knows this, and in this moment, he's, he, he has been trying to prepare his disciples for a while, but in this moment particularly, Jesus knew he was about to die. And so he's preparing his disciples for the trauma of what is about to happen. And so he starts this by washing his disciples' feet. Paul spoke on this a couple of weeks ago by, by just really setting a model of how he wanted his disciples to live and act. Do as I've done for you. Serve one another. Don't, think, don't ever think that you're better or above somebody else. And, you know, at a time like this, we, we are servants in this city. We, we get to serve the people around us. That is the example that we've been given. So we've got that. And then it moves on. And Jesus starts to tell them that one of them, Judas, is going to betray him. And so you can imagine all the tension of that moment. And then that Peter's going to deny him. 
So this is chapter 13. And so we pick it up in chapter 14 after all of this. And it says this, verse one, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the, the way to the place where I'm going. Now, I've called this section Future Hope because I really believe that what we believe about the future determines how we live in the present. I'm just going to say that again. What we believe about the future determines how we live now. And right now, as a society, we are being faced with some, some questions maybe that we've not asked for a very long time, particularly around mortality. We're being forced to ask questions that we want to ignore, questions that we want to push down and be like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what I think about that. Deep questions about who we are and who we should trust. And our, and our world's been shaken. And if the picture that I always have is one of those little snow pieces, you know, those, those images, and you turn them upside down and the snow goes everywhere. And that's really what it feels like with our world right now. It feels like we've taken the world and we've kind of turned it upside down. Do you know what? This isn't new. This has happened before. You know, you look through, the, through history and this has happened again and again throughout the history of, of the church. And, and in order to comfort his disciples, Jesus starts talking about preparing a place for them. Jesus is talking about where he's going. He's talking about a future hope. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you shortly, but I'm going to prepare a place for you, to prepare a home for you. And it's interesting when you begin to think about this idea of home and, well, wh what are we talking about? It's, it's not just a house. It's, it's not just geography. But a home is, is more than that. It's a, it's a place where you belong. A home is, is a place where you would feel totally accepted. Home is a place where you could be completely yourself. You know, the image that I get is that you get your comfortable clothes on. You know, it's like you get your tracky bums out of the cupboard. Now, I'm not saying you all have tracky bums, but some of you do. For others of you, it's slippers. And, um, but home is a place where the sights and the sounds and the smells all work. It, it just feels right. They're comforting. Maybe another image would be it's, it's an open door with a warm light and a fire. You know, it's like got a kind of a raging fire and you're expected there's food on the table. You walk in and as you walk in, the smells of the food that you love are kind of filling the space. And you're like, yeah, everyone in the room's pleased to see you. And you're led over to a place and you're going to sit down, which is padded perfectly for your backside. You know, sometimes you can sit on chairs that are just really annoying. Well, this isn't. This is the perfect place. And so that's what I think of when I'm thinking about home. And we need a place and we need a home. And Jesus is able to come to these men and say, do you know what? You're going to face incredibly difficult circumstances. And we know from the scriptures some of the incredibly difficult times that the disciples had to go through. But I have the solution. I've got what will sustain you. I have what will overcome that. I have the place, the one that you've been looking for. I have it. Everybody needs a place and I'm going to prepare it for you. And then it goes on to say, in my father's house are many rooms. And what he's saying is the home that you've been looking for in all of your homes and the fathers that you've been looking for in all of your fathers. This is what I'm preparing for you. 
you know, the reality is in, in the brokenness that we find in our world. Some of you, you know, I'm talking about home and you're like, that, that's not my experience. That's not what I've experienced. My, my parenting was difficult, you know, I was parented in a difficult way or the home wasn't a happy place. But this image that Jesus is, is talking about of the home is, is the perfect home. It's the father's house would be another way of looking at it. And, and whether you believe in the father's house or not, whether you believe in heaven or not, I think that we could say that this is the real thing that we've been yearning for, that our hearts yearn for this. This is, this is the thing that we've been longing for. And what makes it home is that Jesus is there. And he says in verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So you may be with me. The point of the father's house is that we can be with Jesus. And this future hope to come back to this idea that I'm talking about makes us realize this world is not all there is. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. We are living for something more. But the way that we think about the future affects how we live now. Now, personally, you know, as I think about this whole concept, I, I genuinely, most of the time, really enjoy my life. We all have the moments, don't we, where, where it sucks. But I, I like my life, but my heart still yearns for its true home that it still does, the, the new heavens and the new earth, a, a place without sickness and death and pain and trauma. And we know we're, we're in that place, aren't we, where we feel it, you know, in our families and what's going on around us. We can feel that pain. And it's a place that is completely filled with the glory and presence of God in an unrestrained measure. A place where sin is no more, a place where mess is no more, a place where brokenness is no more. Jesus is saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. I am going to prepare a place for you, the Father's house and a place that you can truly call home. And then the passage goes on. Thomas said to him, and this is in verse five, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So we get to this ultimate home through the person of Jesus. I am the way, the truth and the life. Now, you might say, oh, do you know what, James? It's all very well thinking about future hope. Do you know what I mean? But what about now? What about in this moment that we find ourselves in? The here and the now. How do we stand on God's truth in a panicking world? And this is where I want to just dive into verses 26 and 27 that I mentioned earlier, where it says this peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can you see this theme coming? Do not let your hearts be troubled. It's, it's doubled up. Do not be afraid. What is the opposite of peace? I think that the opposite of peace is fear. Fear robs us of peace. It destroys our peace it comes in the night and it unsettles our soul um, I had some really weird dreams last night I was sharing with a couple of people about the weirdness of my dreams but you know sometimes when we're in an unsettled state you know um, what we dream about can, can be difficult as well but fear comes in in many forms and guises but one of the major ones is feeling out of control that that horrible realization I am not in control 
And that is what so many people are being confronted with right now. I am not in control. I thought I was in control. Oh my goodness, I've just realized I'm really, really not in control. I have this perception that I was, and I built this protection around me, but the truth is I am not in control and I never really have been. I just thought I was. So how, how do we find peace in the storm? And, and I think maybe the starting place is by accepting our place in the universe, by realizing that I'm not in charge, that, that actually we have to accept I'm not in charge, but he is. That is the starting point, that my hope is in him. What, put it another way, what I'm really trying to say is fear comes from saying to God, I don't need you. Now, let me give you an image of this. Imagine a child walking into one of those massive Tesco's, maybe the, the A48 Tesco's is massive, or picture another one, one of those huge Amazon warehouses that are just ridiculous inside. And you've got a child walking in with their parents, maybe picture them there, three or four, this, this child in age. And, and of course they wanna go and explore. They have this moment, they walk in, they're like, I wanna go, I wanna go over there, I wanna go over there, and the, and the parent's like, no, just stay with me, hold my hand. I want you to hold my hand. I think you're, you're only gonna get lost. I know what's best for you in this moment. So the child, the four-year-olds, you know, they continue to hold on to your hand, but at the same time inside, they're like, man, I just wanna go. I, I, I'm so annoyed, like, this is so frustrating. And they're pulling away. And then at the first instant that they can, they're off. They, they go away, I'm free, I can do what I want. And I know uh, that's happened with me a couple of times with my kids and it's like straight off to the sweets. The pick and mix seems to be the number one place, which is really hilarious because I've never bought them pick and mix, but still they think I will. But sweets aisle, maybe the pizza aisle. And so, so they're off and they're in this huge place, this Tesco's or this Amazon warehouse, until they have that sudden realization, I am utterly lost. I have no idea where I am. And then the fear begins to kick in. It's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Fear comes. And if, if you've ever been lost, you know exactly what this feels like. It is a horrible thing to feel lost. That is exactly what the Bible says is the condition of every human being apart from God. That's what it feels like. There's like this kind of, oh. So here is our problem. We are too small for the position we've taken. We were built to hold God's hand in this universe. That's the image. If you come back to that three or four year old child, it's easy to be somebody else. No, it's us. It's that picture of he's absolutely in charge and that we're trying to hold on to his house. And when you let go of God's hand, you are trapped by a spirit of fear. It's like, oh. So how do you come against fear? By finding the father, by finding his hand, by reaching out, by seeking. It's like, Lord, I need to find your hand by realizing your place in his magnificence, his security, his stability, his wisdom, his comfort. As you realize all of those things, it's like it's safe. It's this picture of home. And I know I talked about the future hope, but we also have that in Jesus. And we have that in the Lord now that this home isn't just a future reality, but it's actually a present reality as well. And the only way to go is to go back and say, I need you. I cannot do this on my own. And that's what I mean by accepting that we need to understand our place. If you're listening to this and, and you love the Lord and you know the Lord, you're adopted by him, you're accepted, you're loved, you're an heir to the throne of the king of the universe. You know that he's holy and loving and wise and he, he's gonna deal with this. 
And if you're a Christian, you know what your future is. The more a Christian talks about that and thinks about that and they think, oh, do you know what, God, you're in charge. Do you know what, I don't know. I don't know the answers to all of this. I can't, I can't work it all out. Sometimes it's too much. But do you know what, in this moment, I choose to trust. I choose to put you on the throne and say, Lord, where's your hand? I want to find your hand. I want to hold on to you. The circumstance might not change, but the heart does. It surrenders and it says, give me your peace. Now, if you were to look at this against what the world would say the peace is, because in the passage it says, I do not give as the world gives. What kind of peace does the world give? What is the world's peace based on? I can tell you what it's based on. It's based on circumstances. If things are going well, I have peace. If my job is going well, if my relationship's going well, my finances, my health, you know, you take all of the externals. If those things are all right, then I'm fine. If people admire me and like me and desire me, what happens when those things are taken? So is my peace. It means then that we're subject to this crazy roller coaster all of the time. It's like, I feel good. I don't feel good because this, uh, up and down based on so many different factors. Christian peace is based on what? It's based on things that can never change. That's the reason why in Psalm 46, the psalmist says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, it's saying, it's giving you this huge picture. If that happens, we're still not going to fear because we still know where our hope is. We know where our peace is. No matter what is going on, he is ever present. So I want you just to take a moment just to think about your circumstances and the place that you find yourself in right now. They've probably changed a lot over the last couple of weeks. But we can definitively say that he has not changed that he is still with you, that he watches over you, that he's good, therefore we will not fear. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So how do we live in Jesus's peace? By realising our future hope, by recognising the Father's house, by realising who's in charge. It's like, I surrender, I know that you're in charge. And then just finally, just as I come in to finish, by realising his sacrifice, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now, the context here is so important. Jesus is talking to his disciples about dying. Do you remember if I, if I go back to where I was talking about in the beginning? He's about to go to the cross. He's just preparing them that he's going to the cross. He's about to die the next day. And he says, peace I leave with you. What does that mean? Well, he is really saying, this is my last will. This is my last gift to you. I want to leave you something incredible, namely peace. I'm going to leave my peace with you. Now, we all know the things you leave in a will are only given once somebody dies. But unless we understand that the peace of Jesus comes only because he died for us, it's completely wrapped up in his death. Until you see this peace can only be left to you by Jesus' outstretched arms on the cross, you're never going to understand peace because Christian peace is based in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. A Christian's peace arises under the death of Christ. And until we see that he died for us, until we build our lives on the fact that he died for us, until he's our dying saviour, we will never know that peace. So how does this peace grow? Now, some are, some of you are thinking, do you know what? I've been a Christian for years, but the reality is right now, James, I don't have 
any peace in my heart. I, I, I actually feel really burdened. My fears are still there. Well, let us not forget verse 26, because just in front of this verse 27, it says, the Holy Spirit's job is to remind you of all the things that I've said. That's what Jesus says. Then immediately it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The peace comes when you allow the Holy Spirit to take Jesus's words and let them enter your heart. Let them change your perspective. Let them set your soul free. So in finishing, there's two things that I'd love you to do. For some of you, you have been away from God for a while. Do you know what I mean? And in the midst of this, you're like, I've walked away. You know, it's that, like that picture of that child that's been in that massive place. And you're like, I've, I've just wandered away from the Lord. I just believe that this is a moment where the Lord's like, come home, come home, come and grab my hand. Would you take my hand? Because he's absolutely there. And there's a moment, and I just want to pray, if that's you, maybe just pray along in your heart, Jesus, I'm just sorry where I've, I've been away, and I just say that I want to come back. Lord, forgive me. I want to hold on to your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, finally, for, the, for others of you who have been Christians for years, and you're like, James, I know a lot of what you're saying. I just think that the Lord wants to do a divine exchange from fear to peace. And there's this moment as you sit there before the Lord and you take a moment and you put your hands out and you just say, Lord, I relinquish control. And I just say, I put you back on the throne. And would you take my fear and would you replace it with your peace? So why don't you just take a moment right now just to do that? I'm just going to lead you, Lord. Take my fear and give me your peace. I need you. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, you can tune in to our YouTube channel on Sundays from 10.30 for our online church or connect with us through Facebook and Instagram to hear from us throughout the week. We would love to help you find out more about Jesus or grow in your faith. So if you have any questions, get in touch on social media or email info at cardiffvineyard.org. If you're local to Cardiff, we would love for you to get involved in a small group, which is just a small group of people meeting throughout the week across the city. Of course, meeting online at the moment. They are the heartbeat of this church. And now more than ever at this time of social distancing, they are so important for you to stay connected to church and grow in your faith. Head to our website, cardiffvineyard.org and hit the small groups tab at the top of the page to find out more. If you're listening from further afield, thanks so much for tuning in. We're really glad you're here. But we would also love to help you get connected with a local church where you are. So email us at info at cardiffvineyard.org and we would love to help. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.